Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Uh, do you know what layer you want to talk about tonight? Yeah, you know, I was thinking we, we could maybe do like the narration part, like talk about the podcast game layer. I'm trying to turn podcasting into game layers and it's not working. Help me, save me. Cue music. <laughs> And welcome to another episode of Panda's Talking Games. Uh, I'm your host, who's going to do a little instruction tonight, uh, Phil. <laughs> and I am your other host, Senda. In fact, let me just jump right in and say, there's a reason that you're known as the definition panda, and as much as they use it on that other show that you do... This is really why. <laughs> you know, that was true four years ago. It's true. You don't you aren't doing all of the definitions anymore. I don't I don't really have to define a whole bunch of stuff for you. When we first started recording, there was like a whole bunch of like, okay, well, let me no, sit down some definitions here. But we have to define things so that we can define what our conversation is about that is always true but in yes. but four years ago there was some more definitions like here's what these things mean and there's <laughs> n there's really no more of that <sighs> okay anyway no, i mean it has been four years my god you know we're like 60 in podcast years i know i know we're like really like we're like really crusty <laughs> and if you think and if crusty. you think and if you think that's bad, if you think that's bad, I'm like, I'm in like episode 400 plus on the other show. I know. Which You're makes like me. one foot in the grave over there. <laughs> Already dead. A lich. The Seriously. lich of podcasts. It's a long time to be podcasting. It's a lot of podcasts. Which brings us to tonight's um episode because we're actually going to take something uh out of the misdirected mark and talk about it here tonight uh-huh which is sort of a little bit of a reversal because sometimes you've stolen topics from here and talked about the one misdirected mark we haven't actually gone the other way i don't know about you but i go always <laughs> also do not sit in chairs correctly actually I, I say I don't. I, I say I said I don't know about you, but that's also a lie. So. You liar. <laughs> anyway, anybody who follows my TikTok knows exactly what's up. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> yes. Ahoy, matey. No, no. All all pans are Peters and must be treated as the enemy. <laughs> they just need to be captured. <laughs> Anyway, um, so tonight we're going to be talking about uh, layers, uh, which we're doing on request. So uh, where did our request come from? Oh, it came from the released, didn't it? Yes, I believe <laughs> yes. it did. I believe it did. Two in a row. Two in a row. This is two in a row. Uh, again, um, we listen. Like, if you ask we us listen. stuff, we will do that. We'll do things. Maybe I will manage to tag the right rollist <laughs> this time on Twitter. Did that happen? Sorry. Sorry. Well, everybody's changing their names for Halloween. Oh, of course. Yes. So it's gotten harder. Uh, in any case, um, yeah. So tonight, um, tonight we were asked to talk about something that gets talked about on the Misdirected Mark from time to time called layers, um, the layer theory um, or layers of the game, as it's called. And um, I thought it was still a relatively accessible episode. And then I like, went back and looked. And, it's um, old. It's, it's so old. It's old. It's episode 209, which means it was like, give or take an episode or two, 200 episodes ago <laughs> on Misdirected Mark. <laughs> which, which is, in, by the way, four years. Four years ago. <laughs> This topic was first talked on Misdirected Mark. And I think after the big website crash. I don't even know. If 2018 or yeah. something, right? 20, the crash of 18 or something. Uh, I don't think all those episodes ever made it back on. And I don't know if 
if 209 is even an accessible episode anymore. But it's okay. Um, because tonight we're gonna do a um we're gonna do a light version of it. Uh, mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about the layers and then we're gonna talk about some of the practical applications of it. Um and um I think it'll be fun. Uh, I think it'll be a different way for people to kind of, um, if you haven't heard this theory before, it's a different way to kind of think about the game, about games. And um, yeah. And hopefully we can make it a little bit more accessible again. And this time I get to weigh in on it, yeah. which is like my goal in life, apparently. Yeah, well, I mean, four years ago, like <laughs> four years ago when this thing was just a baby, like. I know. <laughs> it was, you know. Anyway, um, I guess the way we're going to go about this is I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, a little bit about what it is and the various layers. And then um, we're going to and then we're going to both talk about um, some of the applications for it. Right. Yes. Okay. And I feel like do you do you want to spring the surprise on them now or later? I feel like we should warn everybody that we've made a tiny tweak. So What's carry that? on, but it might be slightly different than it was the first time you heard it. Oh, yeah, we actually modified. We, we actually we, we we've modified the theory. We modified the theory a little after we started discussing it, which is okay because it's a theory. So, um, I'm going to let you kind of steer, and I'm going to just start talking, but you interject when you need to. Okay. And um, I'll start us off with kind of what this is, like where it came from, what this is. Yes. So, um. So the way this originally started was there was – I've been listening to a lot of podcasters uh, talk about immersion in games, right? Immersion and how, um, you know, things jar you from being immersed into your character and things like that, right? And there's – you know, there are a lot of people who are like, well, I, I want to play deeply immersive games. But then, you know, other people are like, every time you have to roll for combat, you're not immersed into your character, which which got me into this kind of thought of, yeah, like your brain – is kind of shifting from different places it can focus. Yeah. And then, like, Chris and I kind of put our heads together and started to think of, like, well, where are all the places that your focus could go to? Um, and clearly, since we modified it just a few minutes ago, we didn't define all of them four years ago. Uh, but I think we did a reasonable job finding the major ones. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and... um the reason why it's called layers was that originally we envisioned it as kind of a stack. Like your focus got more narrow at the bottom and wider at the at the top. But the more we talked about it, I think on the night on the episode, the more we talked about it like in the coming months after, I think we were less convinced that it was really like a stacked layer kind of thing. And instead it was more like a foci thing, like just abstract like your brain goes to these places i still like the layer model we're going to use it because it's familiar and that's how we coined it years ago but you don't if you have trouble kind of picturing it it as a linear thing don't stress yourself out about it it's probably less linear than it sounds but the crux of this is that at different points in the game your mental focus is on different parts of the game Yes. And there are parts where you derive enjoyment. There are parts where you kind of just get through. There are parts you're going to be neutral on, et cetera. All right. And we'll talk about how that's all important after we define what the layers are. So um, I'm going to just present it the way that we started. And I'll do each layer. So if you want to comment on the layers as I do them, sure. uh, feel free to jump in. Uh, but the the lowest layer, the narrowest, right? So if we, you know, if we um, if we think like almost like a field of vision, like field of view in a camera, right? So if we go in as like as close as we can go, um, that first layer is the character layer, and it's the one where you are um, you are actually embodying your character, right? So you're actually in your character's mind, you're seeing through their eyes. Um, you're acting and speaking as them. Um, and it is the one where you are asking the questions like, what am I doing? Uh, what do I want in this moment? Like, what's the best thing for me to do? 
uh, you know, that could be like optimal or suboptimal play. Remember, like that was a whole thing uh, as well. And it's also a space that um, I, I think of when you're like at that level of character where you tend to be very reactive, right? As a sure. character. Yeah, yeah. Because you're... Things that are around you because you are acting as that character. Yeah. So. And and you could have aspirations as a character, right? Oh, yeah. Right? You, like, you can be proactive as a character, but you're still yeah. reacting to the world that that character mm-hmm. lives in, right? So it's a very yeah. reactive layer to me if we and, also bring in those terms. Yeah. And so um, the character level is where immersion occurs. Yeah. Right? So... um yeah, you get, like totally getting into your character. Like it's those moments where you're playing your character and you see everyone else around the table as their character or you get into a really heated discussion as your character and time just melts away, right? It's sometimes we talk about that like as flow and things like that. Okay. How how about it's the moment when um you are LARPing and you're clinging to your LARP boyfriend's lapels, literally crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, I that's, mean, that's a moment that I always think of. Yeah, that, that's so a good. that's a very character level emo- like that's a very character level immersion. Yes. Okay, one up from that is the party, mm-hmm. um, and that is when you start thinking about not only your character but the rest of the players, and you start thinking about it in terms of how are we doing. Um, are we achieving our goals? What's best for the group? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're past just thinking about ourselves, but we're actually thinking about like, um, how do we work together? Right. This is the teamwork layer. This is the how do we put our how do we put our stuff together? How do we work together to achieve um, our goals? Yeah. To be clear, um, because this came up in discussion for us, and this is part of what we sort of tweaked a little bit, when we are talking about the party layer, we are talking about still an in-game, in-character party yes. layer, right? Yes. It's just slightly less focused than being totally immersed in your character. Yeah. You're now immersed at the, you're now thinking about your party. Yes. Okay. Now, the next couple, are, you could argue the order of, but I'm just going to give them in the order that we originally wrote them. Flippy flappy. <laughs> the next one is the game layer, right? And this is when we are thinking about the mechanics of the game, right? So bonuses, action economies, spell names, uh, trying to remember the special attack from the Hydra. Do <laughs> trolls require acid in this game to not regenerate? Can I All sneak of attack things. this ghost? Is it Pathfinder or right. third edition? <laughs> exactly. Can I, yes, exactly. Right. So those are all the questions you're asking when you are in the game layer. Right. And this is the skill, right? The skill that that makes this layer easy is rules mastery. Right. So if you really know your rules well, um, you kind of you kind of move through this layer in and out of this layer very cleanly when you don't know the rules very well. Um you bog down and you have to look the stuff up. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, okay. The next one from that is the story layer. And this is thinking about the flow and direction of the story that's being created at the table. Where's the story going? Um, will this thing be revealed? Uh, what would be the best thing to do to move the story right now? Like what action would move the story forward in an interesting way? Um, This is, this is, you know, the skill that, um, the skill that operates in this layer is being a storyteller, right? Like a really, like a good storyteller. Yeah. And actually, so to me, in many ways, this is the layer that I identify with as being mainly proactive if we apply proactive and reactive again, right? Uh, Yeah, because it, it, so if you are, um, I will say that you can be proactive and reactive at different levels. I mean, right? you absolutely can. I will say, maybe I should say for me. <laughs> yes, because because I'll give an example. You can be proactive at the at the character level by um, seizing the moment to uh, you know, like seizing a particular moment to advance your character's personal desires. Yeah, and you can be reactive by waiting to see what the Baron says and then deciding what to do. At the 
<laughs> no, we don't need to go down this rabbit hole. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to hold that thought that just came out of me. Please carry on. <laughs> All right, because I would say you can do the same thing at the story level, right? Yes. So you can advance the story in, you know, in a particular direction that you want or you can wait to see how the story unfolds and and then do something, you know, to it. Yeah. Um so I agree with you. Um I to me, like most of the ways that you can be even proactive at the character level are really still reactive to the world and environment that you're working in as a character. And that's why I defined it a little bit more like that, because having that opening to do that thing and reacting as your character who would drive that thing forward is a reactive response to me, even I though could- the characters bring proactive as a player, I'm being reactive to the opportunity. Well, I will. I will reserve that. I think there's a broader discussion that could be there's, had. That's what I was like. But ah. That one's your theory, so I will not argue your own theory against you. Um, but I think that there's a broader definition that one could have about whether you are achieving a goal or whether you are waiting to see what happens. That's fair. Anyway, we we don't we don't have to go down that rabbit hole whatsoever. Fair, fair. Okay, so story. The story layer is when you are thinking about the direction of the story. And you are thinking about the direction of the story not as your character. You are thinking about it more as like a narrator or viewer and kind of steering your character as a piece within the story. Right. Okay, one notch up from that is then the campaign. And that is when you are not just thinking about the current story that's happening at the table, but you are thinking about the greater story that's been happening um, over the course of your play, right? This is when you're starting to make decisions about, um, do we, you know, do we pursue the Baron or do we, you know, um, go after this artifact? Um, You are like now having these decisions that are affecting the direction of your campaign, Um, and that's a level uh, that's a different level than story stories in the in the moment of what's happening at the table campaign is really starting to talk about like where are we going to go with the story overall okay yep. um the can i insert yes. a, a a comment here so this is just an interesting thing for me personally cuz we did talk about how like game and story could go flippy floppy personally if we stacked everything up from the bottom i would actually put game right here after campaign you know, one could argue, I think my thought to that was that um, originally, and again, I'm perfectly fine about shuffling these. And in fact, really, I'm more about <laughs> blowing sure apart the stack yeah, and yeah. just putting them as a pile. Yeah. Um, but the idea was that you're your character, you're the party, you're making roles, then you're thinking about story, campaign, on up. But again, the th- those layers They're get really... They're real mushy. Yeah, no, They get real fine. mushy. I just wanted to say it because it's one of those, like, when we talk about blowing them out, I think yeah. that it depends on your play style a lot, what you may consider more zoomed in or zoomed out, right? Right. So I would say that you could actually make a better argument that there's basically three... Uh, collections, right? There's a character, there's a, there's the lowest level collection, which is uh, character and party. Mm-hmm. There's a middle one, which is story, campaign, and game. Yes. And, and then, then we can get into the last two. The last two, two. yes. <laughs> right, the, la- the last three, actually. I'm sorry, the last three. Right. Or actually. No, yes, three. Yes, yes. the last three. Yes. Um, which is where we're heading now, which is the personal layer, which is now when you are thinking about you as a player, what are your wants and needs within the game? How are you feeling about the game? Uh, so this actually, when we wrote this four years ago, we hadn't, we weren't talking about safety, but this actually encompasses safety, right? Like your personal safety in a game. Am I comfortable sharing? Am I comfortable with this content? What are my um, lines? What are yeah, my Yeah, what veils? are my lines? What are my veils? Am I having fun? Mm-hmm. Right? Am I having fun? Am I, am I feeling safe? Um, and... This is a place where, if you've ever seen, um, it's an old, it's an old reference. Um, I still like it. I don't think it's um, quite current. But if you look at Robin's um, Laws of Good Game Mastering, uh, Robin Laws years and years and years ago, back in the '90s, or as my kids would say, in the um, in the 1900s. <laughs> um, oh God! <laughs> defined a number of. Defined a number of player types. I think they're. I think they still. I think they relatively hold up, and I think there's probably more types uh, beyond it. Um, but um, if you know, if you know what kind of player type you are, 
Um, that is to say, if you know what in the game is bringing you fun, then um, in this layer, you are kind of looking to see, like, am I getting those experiences? Like, we know for you that drama, mm-hmm. right? Um, that drama brings you fun. And I believe the closest, I don't remember the Robin Laws ones without looking them up, but there was one that was fairly close to that that you would have fit. Um, And so the question is like, at this layer, you're asking like, is there enough trauma going on tonight? Like, am I having fun? Like, and if not, which layer do I have to get into? To make this Story, character, like to, like to, to push some drama into this game. Okay, so then um, above that is then the group, which is now thinking about everyone else at the table beyond yourself. Yes. And this is, are we having fun? Right. Do, do, does Bob look like he's having a good time tonight? Is Jerry laughing? Right. Are, like, Are we sharing the spotlight around? Are right? we like sharing the spotlight? Spotlight sharing is a group layer thing. Yep. Are we safe? Yeah. Is Jerry safe? Yeah. Right? Like, coming up one from our own safety, is Jerry safe? Does Jerry look like he's in distress right now? Mm-hmm. Right? This is the group layer. We're thinking about, um, as a group, are we having a good time? You know, am I, like you said with Spotlight, like, not only just am I sharing the Spotlight, but maybe what what could I do... To make sure that the thing that Bob loves to do, which is combat, is going to happen. Yeah. Right? What level, what layer do I have to go back into to make that happen for Bob? Or how can we as a group get into a chase because Jerry loves chases? Right. So this is the layer where it's all about being giving, which is something that we have talked about in terms Mm -hmm. of how to be a good player at the table, is being considerate of that group layer. And having good communication. Yeah. Right. Because sometimes, I'm, you know, we've talked about the challenges of just trying to read people. Yes. Right. And, <laughs> we've and talked read about that a too. Read, read people's just, Ugh. you know, it's it's hit and miss. But having good communication. Yeah. As a group. Yes. You can ask you can ask that question. Are we having fun tonight? Yep. Yeah. OK. And then the last one um, is out of game. And this is like thinking about what's going on in the space around the game. And it's also thinking about uh, environment. So, like, who's ordering the pizza? Right? Like, or was that a knock at the door? Or if you're playing in a public space, what are those people being so loud about at the next table? Mm -hmm. Like, you've played in conventions, right? Like, you know what happens Uh when... Like when a table gets really rowdy near where you're playing, right? Yep. Like you feel the pull of it. It's really hard to focus. <laughs> exactly. Right. And if you're playing like, you know, and we we wrote this into Turning Point, right? So in Turning Point, our suggestion is don't, you know, as, as much as possible, try not to play this game in the middle of a convention hall. Yep. It will right? be rough. It will be rough because it is a game that... Um, it is a game that really wants you to spend time in specific layers, mm-hmm. right? Turning Point is a game that very much wants you to play in the story. Yep. In the character. In the character. Yep. And and sometimes the group, but mostly character and story are, the, are very strong in Turning Point. Yep. And so it warns you that, like, if you go play in a public and crowded place, there will be this pull on your attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get to that in a second. So, um, again, let me just as a quick recap going from bottom up. And again, don't fret too much about the <laughs> layers here. But character, party, game, story, mm-hmm. campaign, personal, group, and out of game. Yep. Okay. And again, I will say that upon further reflection, I really like these as foci. That, like, if you don't really worry about the connectiveness between them but just imagine that at different times your mind is just focusing on this one then it pulls away and it's focused on that one then it pulls away and it's focused on that one like and just that's happening um like very it can happen very quickly sometimes you get parked in a layer 
right? Like in a good way, maybe you get parked into the into the um, character layer and you're like totally immersed in your character. Or it could be bad. You totally get parked into the game layer because yep. you're arguing about like you're <laughs> arguing about where, you know, it, can the spell go off? Yep. Right. Like those kinds of things. Or like that's okay. where we get into like planning. Planning yeah, for planning, too long. <laughs> planning is a you know planning is a uh, party activity. Yeah, getting That's parked, teamwork. but you get parked there for too long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. So the next thing that we wanted to do, because that's the that's the brief rundown in terms of what you had talked about on Misdirected Mark before, although with some special little tweaks and additions of our own, just because it has been for years, and you know thoughts and stuff evolve and that's exactly the way of the world um what we wanted to do with them tonight specifically was talk about kind of how you take the the layers that you like to play in and tailor your game to play in those layers or find games that focus on those layers right yeah i mean i, I mean the the whole purpose of having a theory <laughs> is not to have a theory the whole purpose of having a theory is <laughs> to a try to be able to explain something um, practical, right? And so, uh, your question is um, very valid: is how can you use this information? How do we use this? Yeah, how do we use it to? How do we use it to? Yeah, to play the game that we really want to play, or go get or go find the game that we really want to play. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, so I think that the first part of this, right, is introspection. Yes, um, I agree. And so, for instance. I know you very well. Yes. You're just um, going to guess the ones that I have written down as my favorites, aren't you? No, I'm not even going to talk about layers. I'm oh, going to okay. start with what it is you enjoy. Oh, sure. And then we can translate that to layers. Yeah. So what? So let's just do the most obvious one, the one that you're so well known for is <laughs> um, you love uh, you love character drama. Yeah. Especially, especially uh, you love um, love triangles. Well, I especially love... Drama in intimate relationships. Okay, that's fair. Let's call it right? that. Right. It you doesn't had... have to be a triangle. I have some famous triangles in my past, but wait till you hear a thirsty sword, lesbians. That nonsense is gold. <laughs> fair enough. Okay, so that's a, so that's a great place to start. So then, what we have to start thinking about is like when you're playing the game, and I guess I'm just going to ask you questions and let you answer. Sure. When you're playing the game. Which of these levels are the most appealing to you? Well, so if we just talk about this from the perspective of um, knowing that I'm there for drama and um, yes. drama in, you know, intimate relationships of, of any kind. I mean, it could be, you know, um, I've done it less often, but I've done, you know, like parental relationships and I've done like, you know, other things. Right. But it's easiest to make them romantic because it's just easy. But like, that's not the only way to do that. Right. Um, but the thing that I like about having those relationships is that that drama moment makes it very easy for me to be immersed in that mm -hmm. character. So for me, the primary layer that, um, feeds the drama is the character layer. And it's, sure. it's because it's a relationship thing and it's, um, and it's a, an emotional reactive thing for me that I really enjoy. Um, so having said that, a character, my character by themselves cannot create that drama. So there is also the party layer, which is actually where we start talking about building relationships. Yeah, yeah. Relationships are right? definitely a party level. Party level um, thing. So when we talk about the relationships between characters and how they're interconnected, that is key for generating the drama that I get to experience at the character level. <laughs> yeah. So if we, if we start with just those two layers, right? Mm -hmm. um, so then... What we can so what we can start to look at is, um, we can start to look at games that emphasize those layers. Sure. Right. So, um, so for instance, we're looking for games that have um, really cool um, character moments. Mm -hmm. Right. So maybe they have phases of drama, scene setting, those kinds of things. Right. Those things, are things that emphasize emotion tend to work uh, really well for that sure. for me too. Yep. 
Um, and then for the um, for the party layer, you've hit on one of them, right? Like you would want a game that has uh, relationships. Yep, I want relationship right? things. So yep. thing things that you can um, pull upon those kinds of things. And then if that's where you primarily want to stay, one of the layers that you probably and I'll, I, I'm saying this because I know you, mm-hmm. but one of the layers you don't really want to linger on is the game level. It's yeah, it's true, right? And right. That's I think that's part of the reason as I discovered more and more or as what I took joy from in gaming shifted to be this drama um versus what it used to be which was much more about system mastery um and storytelling um or accomplishment at a at a at a party and group level um more than necessarily storytelling definitely um, definitely something that was much more game campaign and like group focused. Um, what I discovered like over time as I just kept playing more slowly was that like my my joy shifted to this character party part. Um, I don't remember where I was going with this. What was the question that you asked me? <laughs> well, it's fine. I guess what we're saying here is like what we're talking about since that you don't really like to spend time in the game layer. Right. What we're looking for is a game that has um, interesting character yep. information, uh, probably some sort of scene setting, sure. um, relationships. Cool relationships. And light mechanics. Yeah. Not not a lot of pulling me out to the mechanical level. And again, it's really funny because the game that we have never played um, that probably would be worth taking a look at... <laughs> Is drama system. Yeah, I'm actually, frankly, I'm completely fascinated by it every time you talk about it. Like, I would be totally on board. It's a game that we really, like, need to kind of go back and take a look at because drama system is probably a game, like, that you would really dig. I know it has a a whole scene setting thing. It has has a relationship map. Um, It has very light mechanics for in terms of how to deal with um, inter, uh, like, really, like, things between characters. And then it has like a little um, side system if you have to do something like make a driving check. Like it doesn't have like it doesn't have skills or anything like that, but it has like a little mechanic for um, like those kinds of things. Like if you're going to shoot a gun or whatever. Yeah, I mean, um, it's really interesting because I, I can just kind of. I think that part of the reason that I have been playing so many Powered by the Apocalypse games is because many of them, not all of them, but many of them like to emphasize these two layers. So if we go back to, um, hey, Thirsty Sword Lesbians is great and it's going to be on Kickstarter in mid-October and you should probably check it out because it's great. Um, And Andy and I got to play it with April and it was delightful. And all of the moves are about um, feelings and swords and, um, and there's a lot of really cool relationship stuff. Really cool relationship stuff <laughs> so the, the thing we should note about pbta and about why it appe- why i think it appeals to you yeah. is that uh pbta tends to have very streamlined rules it does in that in that when you need to engage the rules it's almost always in the form of a move yep and moves are very encapsulated um they're very encapsulated pieces like you don't have to go to the rule book True. To figure out the move. The move is usually sitting on the table and it's a stat, some dice, roll. Choices. Read read your cho- read read your outcome and resolve it. Right? Like it's a very um it's a very streamlined thing as opposed to uh something that is more mechanical where um we have to set a DC and then you have to like pick your bonuses. Like for instance, Numenera is like very much not. Well, it's interesting because um, this is uh, making it clear to me why I didn't have the best experience playing scum and villainy, right? Because the way that you set up a skill role is like a a lot. (laughs) Scum and villainy has a much more, um, it has more mechanics. It's it's a tad more crunchier, and it is a game that I think resides um, more at the game level. Yeah, 
I mean, I, I completely agree with you. And, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that game, but uh, it was but interesting But it's not why it appeals it. to you. Yeah, it was like, it, it didn't end up scratching that itch for me, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's, um, I think it's super important to understand is that you started playing it and you're like, hmm. This is not. Everything about the surface of this game made me think. Yes. <laughs> I was down for this game, but when I started playing it, you were like, hmm. Yeah. It's not really doing it. And it's not doing it. And it didn't do it for your group. And it's the reason why you kind of ejected most of the rules from the game. <laughs> yes, because the way that we, the way that we forced it into playing in the layers that we wanted it to play in was by basically ejecting most of the mechanical layer. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I did the same thing many, many years ago with uh, Vampire. Um, I couldn't stand the, um, I couldn't stand that system. I made a very streamlined light, ver- a diceless version of it using blood and willpower as a pool, as resource pools. And um, we just basically played in the, um, well, the players played in the primarily in the character layer because there isn't really much of a party yeah. for vampire. <laughs> um, but as the GM, I so and this I think is maybe a nice segue is that when you are a GM, uh, you actually occupy different layers. Yeah, yeah. Um, different you, you, different primary layers. Yeah, exactly. So like as a GM, for me, um, story and campaign. Yeah, are where you actually are. my favorites are. First story and campaign, uh-huh. followed by, um, followed by group, and it, so so I gotta say a thing, and it is really interesting because my favorites sure. are character party and then story. Yeah, and the the thing about this that's really interesting that I'm just gonna call out right here is that the game we wrote together, <laughs> yes, focuses on character and story. Because yeah, that's like. Where our worlds? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, carry on. It no, it's fine. Note. For so for me as a GM, and, and so I see this differently because when I play, I have a different set of preferences. But when I GM, I I really like I like story, like what story is happening at the table. Yeah. I love campaign, which is what is the greater story we're going to tell together. Yep. And then group, because the other thing is. As the facilitator for the game, is everyone having a good time? Right. I derive a I derive a great deal of pleasure out of our other people having a good time at the thing that I am facilitating. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the question I always ask at the end when I run a um, when I run a game is like, did everyone have a good time tonight? Yeah. Right, because that for me is um, a place where I'm always concerned: is everyone having a good time? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm using story and campaign to kind of make that happen. Yeah. Now I have a slightly better tolerance to game level than you do, mm-hmm. so I will play games that are slightly crunchier than you. Yeah, but not super crunchy. Like I. There's a tipping point by which I will look at a game and be like, ugh, yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> like, like there is a tipping point for me and I and I'm I'm fairly confident I know where it is. I will play I will also say this. I don't like in the long run games that have too little rules. So Yeah, I mean you have to have enough to it depends on how much play you want out of a game, right? Like we've talked yeah, about this before. Yeah, if I want a one too. shot, right? Yeah, right. If I want a one shot, I don't care. Like we can just play lasers and feelings. Ha ha ha! Two hours, we're done. Mm-hmm. Um, but for instance, one of my complaints about Savage Worlds for the longest time was if you play Savage Worlds long enough, the game layer feels the same over and over. Yeah. And as soon as it feels that way for me, I get bored with it. I'm like, mm. yeah. Meh. yeah. So. So I I am I am aware of what in the game layer what my particulars are, but I do have a tipping point of of too much game. Yeah. Um. So I like a game that has fairly streamlined rules. They can be a little crunchy, but they got to be pretty streamlined, and the system mastery has to come on fairly quickly. Yeah. Like I'm like I don't play Burning Wheel 
because I'm not ready to dedicate two semesters to mastering burning wheat. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like, I mean, that's the truth. Like, I, yeah. I, I don't have where I am in my life right now. I don't have the will to sit down and be like, I'm going to learn this game inside and out. Yeah. Right. Maybe younger me did, Mm-mm. but current me is like, nope, like that's too much. Um, but I'm playing things like Forbidden Lands and DCC and Numenera. And those strike a nice balance of like, hey, this is a game. Like we roll dice and we have rule books, <laughs> but not so much that it's like all I'm doing is playing the game. I could play Gloomhaven um, or Descent or something if I was just interested in really staying in the game layer. Um, I really want to be in the story layer, but I do like a little diversion into the game layer to do some stuff. Yeah, that's fair. I like the game layer for randomizing. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. But that's all I want it to do. And I, I think the interesting <laughs> thing about playing lots of Powered by the Apocalypse games, and we didn't say this, but I think we've said it before again, because we've ended up saying a bunch of things that we have said before, because this applies across all these things, um, is that uh, system mastery is really easily transferable. Because oh, the concept so. is pretty transferable. Um, so I can learn any Powered by the Apocalypse game faster than I can learn any other game. Exactly. Because it's just about I, I mean, like, it's, okay, it's, well, it's what, are, what are the like, key things in this, right? Show me the playbooks. Show me the basic moves. Give me the moves show me the GM, me the GM moves. moves. Like, okay. And then point out to me any... Any um, idiosyncrasies? Like, any, well, point out to me the stuff that you stuffed in here that's unique. Yep. And then I'm, I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll. Um, yeah, that's absolutely true. And, and I like, so I like, as a GM, I like to go into the game layer to move the story layer around. Yes. Like, that's like when I go into the rules, I like rules that make story happen. Yes. Um, and if that isn't a thing, then, then I'm yeah. more wary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, my outlier to this is, like, I'm playing DCC. You are playing DCC right now. But I am playing that for very specific reasons. I am playing that for beer and pretzels and with fun guys. Yeah. But, like, when I'm playing Numenera, the reason I don't mind... The reason I don't mind the Numenera system is that um, rules like the GM intrusion are a way for me to advance story through rules. Yes. So... I like that. Like, I like the idea that if things are going a little too easy or things are a little bland here, allow me to shake it up a bit mm-hmm. and drop in, you know, something to change up the story. Yeah. Uh, I like PBTA games because yep. um, <laughs> all those rules just push story along. They just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So that's um, all right. So just to kind of touch on that, as a player, you will have certain layers that you like as a GM, you will have certain layers you like. And then what we're talking about, about coupling games to layers is looking for games that support the layers that you like. Yep. Right. So for you, um, for you games that like, I think that games that have scene framing are probably very good for you rather than free flowing games because scene framing games allow you um, to set up scenes for you to like narrow in like, on the to drama, create right yeah. to create those dramatic moments I and mean, have those confrontations. Yeah, if we just start throwing out some of the games that I usually go to when I'm like, "Huh, I just need a one shot." What do we usually play? Well, we play yes. Um, that Wen wrote, which should be out soon as part of Love and Resistance. Really, really, it should be. Um, I, I, I've seen it. I, I know it exists now. And that game is delightful, but it is a game entirely about scene framing and characters. That's all. That's uh, yeah. literally all the game is, scene framing and characters. And then if we talk about something else, if I, if I want something that has a little bit more um, specific direction, then I'm like, cool, let's pull out a protocol game. Okay, uh, there's yep. another game that is entirely about scene framing and characters, but that one has cards. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think, I mean, it hits, it, it hammers home the point for you, right? Like, Very that, much. that there are games that are better fits for you based on where your mind likes to occupy. Right. Um, 
And and it's interesting because there are definitely games that I've thought looked really interesting from the outside or even have had a good experience playing. But then I'm like, I have no interest in necessarily running this or playing a campaign of it. Um, Because there's very few games that I've played and like actually haven't enjoyed, right? But like, um, I was really excited about Genesis and I have the books and everything and I kind of got cold feet about it because it lives so much in the game layer um, versus um, living in sort of the scene framing and the character. Um, but my, my attraction to it came specifically because of what it does for the story layer with the dice. And I think that's really cool. Um, but in the end, it ends up being a little bit too much in the game layer for me to like commit the time to it. Right. Yeah. And like for me, for instance, like I really enjoyed Tales from the Loop, but one of the reasons I really enjoyed Tales from the Loop is that they took that um, Year Zero engine and chopped it down to basically just what you need to do mysteries. Yes. For kids. Yeah. <laughs> and and because of it, and this is a thing that I always do, is when I look at games, I look at the rules to be like, okay, if the if the game is supposed to be about X... What in the rules? Yeah, make Let X make happen. X happen, yes. And if I don't see a good correlation between those two, yeah. Um, and, and there can be loose correlations, and there can be tight correlations. I am less interested in games that have loose correlations. Like Numenera is about as traditional as I can play. Yeah, like it's a pretty traditional game that's got a few little things about it that let me alter the story, which is just enough things. Um, for me to want to keep playing the game because I really like the setting. Yes. Right? I like the, the premise of this game. super cool. Yeah. Yes. Um, but where does my heart live? Like, my heart lives closer to a PBTA-style game where I, I'm very much more about um, what do these rules do to push the story? Because what I enjoy as a GM is I enjoy throwing something out to start a a story and seeing what happens like i like to look back on the end result and be like that is such a cool story i do not (laughs) the phrase you will hear me say very often at a table that is a compliment to the game to the players to the game is i did not see that coming yep if you hear me say that when i've when like when when we're like if I ever run a con game for people or whatever, and you ever hear me say, I did not see that coming. That is the highest compliment I can play. I can pay to a game. Cause what it means is it means that I was truly in the moment surprised about the outcome of this game. And I love to be surprised by the outcome of games. <laughs> me so, too. I don't like yeah, so DMing it, and knowing exactly what people are going to do. It's boring. Yeah, I don't like knowing what exactly people are going to do and I don't and I don't like knowing how people are going to solve problems and I don't like I want to sit down and be like yep, I did not see that coming. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then being like and was it was awesome. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I want a game, I want a game that one keeps me in those spaces uh and two, I want a game that mechanically supports that feeling. Yeah. Okay, so I don't know. Does that make sense? I think so. Oh, I the mean, last piece. We yeah. need to talk about one last piece. Oh, what right? else do we need to talk about? We need to talk about the out of game layer. Oh, right? yeah. Let's talk the about out it of briefly. game. Right, the out of game layer is not a good thing. No. Right, the out of game layer is could also be called the distraction layer. Yep. Um, and it is when your mind drifts to things that are outside of the game. Right. And it's those things like, what is that table doing? When is the pizza going to get here? Um, Did I lock my car? Did you know, like, like all of those things. I've been doom scrolling on Twitter too much. And now I am anxious about the state of the world. Yes. Like is like, you know, am you know, is my country going to survive? Um, Those things. So what happens is. At any time you're playing the game, if you are getting pulled into the out-of-game layer, you are not engaging with any other layer of the game. 
right? If you're in any of the other layers, you're still basically playing the game. You're just playing it with one focus or another. But when you get pulled to the out of game layer, the distraction layer, like you're just now you're not there, right? That's when somebody's like, hey, it's your turn. And you're like, oh, what? Oh, what? Oh, yeah. I, right. I like what just, just happened? Attack. Yeah. Or you missed a clue. Right. Right. Like you or you didn't hear the GM say something. Right. Because in that moment you went out of the game. Yep. And um, the thing about it is that one, you got to know is yourself. Right. What are things that pull me out of the game? My phone is notorious for this. Right. Um, What else pulls me out of the game is um, I have trouble hearing the difference between background noises and and people talking. Yep. So if I wind up playing in a game that's um, like I don't really like playing in public spaces like, you know, coffee, coffee houses and things like that back, you know, when you could do those things Mm -hmm. um, because the sound will uh, inadvertently pull me out. I will start listening to somebody else's conversation. Yep. Right. And, and so those things like those always work against me. Um, and so uh, you just need to be aware of it as yourself. You also, you know, can be aware of it at the group level, like who's getting pulled out, who's not paying attention, um, those kinds of things. So anyway, just, just mention the danger of the out of game and whatever you can do to kind of make that layer as small as possible, mm-hmm. the better. Sound good? Yeah, I think so. Wrap it up? Yeah, I think so. Cool. Tell me about another show yeah. on the Instructive Mark I Network. I knew you were going to ask me that question. It's like you ask me that every week, but it's for also like I totally didn't plan for it at all. So on the Misdirected Mark podcast, um, you can watch Phil and Bob and Jerry talk about this kind of stuff um, and just have fun noodling around theories and all kinds of things. Um, and you can catch them live every Tuesday at you want me to list Eastern, your time PM, first. The Queen's time. 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. my time. <laughs> Yes, I do want you to say that because, you know, <laughs> the world works on Eastern time. Confused. It has to do with New York being the center of the universe. But uh, anyway, I still remember that old New Yorker cover. I, I might still have it somewhere. It was actually a picture of the solar system, but it had New York City as the center. Not anyway. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. Are you sure? <laughs> At least it used to be like that. Sure. Say, Senda, where do people find us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark forums at forums.misdirectedmark.com, or you can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places, what can they do with that information? By all means, uh, please leave us ideas for shows. Um, We really pride ourselves on doing these shows being about the things that you want to hear. So uh, questions, um, ideas, a thing you want to hear us talk about, whatever. It really doesn't matter. We're getting super good at making up episodes off of pretty much whatever it is you want. Um, It's really fun for us. Um, Again, we really like to know that the things that we're putting out there are the things that people are interested in. Um, otherwise, if you leave it to us, we're talking about like basically cooking and ditch lily stuff all night. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so yeah. don't leave us. Don't leave us to that. Writing Let letters. us talk about game stuff. Yeah, you're gonna start hearing about like repainting my office soon or something. I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, anyway, if you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, please consider supporting the Patreon campaign. Go to Patreon.com/mmp. Uh, patrons of the show get access to our awesome Slack room for life. It is the biggest draw I can say for joining the uh, community. Uh, it is full of uh, my favorite humans. Um, we um, we talk about all sorts of stuff. There's gaming stuff. There's um, humorous stuff. Uh, there is a you know we just we talk about our days and our lives and just kind of share and be present for each other. And uh, I love it so much. Um, and I love hanging out with those people. We do have a Friday um, luncheon. So if you are working from home, like many of us are, um, you are welcome to just join us. Um, it's my lunchtime because <laughs> I'm hosting it. So it's 1230 Eastern. Um, Again, it's second, it's send a second breakfast. Eastern time nonsense. <laughs> right. It's send a second breakfast. And if you're on the West Coast, it's first breakfast and like, you know, all of those things. But um, but we do like if you have time, just come hang out with us. Um, 
it's great. Uh, we get to see face to face. We just talk about stuff. There's no rhyme or reason to it. We talk about everything from scotch to, um, I think we. Last we time we about, talked like, about airports for a really you long time. We talked about airports. We like, clearly are all. We're not desperate. going to any. No, but we talked about airports for at least thirty <laughs> minutes. <laughs> yes, I'm going to eat a bunch of takeout Chinese food while we're while you're on there because that's what I do. I continue um, to work and do tickets while we're chatting because that's exactly what I do. anyway. Because it's ten thirty um, in the morning. There are other things you get. The bonus outtakes from this show, the after show from the Misdirected Mark. Um, someday when we get out of our COVID times, there'll be some uh, stuff we'll give away uh, to people. Uh, but we greatly appreciate your patronage. Um, it, it helps keep all of this running, and there is a lot to keep running. There is servers and hosting and bandwidth and equipment, um, all of that stuff. And it's all made possible um, through your patronage of the show so we appreciate it immensely and we um we love you very much uh if that is a thing that you are able to do and if you are able to do it we thank you greatly if you are unable to do it we totally understand there is still one more thing you could do for us that goes to our if you listen to us you will love us which had this not been like you know the trash fire year right i think we would have like really i think we really would have <laughs> slayed with this uh with this campaign, but I think, you know, we're having enough challenges as most people are home and not really listening to podcasts in their normal podcast I'm times. I'm so Commutes far and... behind on all of mine because I haven't commuted. Anyway, if you listen to us, you will love us. So we already assume that you've already like made all your friends listen to us. There's a thing you can do that can help strangers find us. Uh, and that is... You can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Every new review we get, gosh, that is so hard to say. And now I have to do it in one take every time. Every new review we get really does actually help new people find the show, which is super awesome. It's an algorithm thing. It floats us up higher in everybody's like spaces. Um, so we really, really do appreciate them. And also... In these COVID times, uh, they make us feel good, which is, you know, we'll take pretty much, you know, whatever. Whatever. Hit a chocolate, some takeout Chinese whatever food. Whatever it is, I'll, we'll take it. A new video game, whatever. It's all good. Yep. Ten, an hour of TikTok. Yeah, right? That was my evening. Good. <laughs> I did a little of that myself. Say, <laughs> uh, Sunda. Yes. What level do you think would be fun to go explore? This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Click, click. Since there are no show notes, I can make you nice and big now. Yes. I have some show notes, so I have to keep your you, you actually relatively have to small do sh- show note things now. But I am brighter. <laughs> yes, you look very nice. It's very nice with the ring light. If I were going to like go wild and do ticky-tocky things on like some sort of regular basis, I would totally get one of those because I have been doing some very awkward arrangements because I don't have a tripod. Are you doing do 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 do? No, no square. Turn <laughs> the butter. My neck. <laughs> And here we, we go. go. <laughs> there are times where my kid finds me remotely cool because I um, because I know a whole bunch of TikTok memes. I know. Well, it was pretty funny because my kiddo like stuck his head in my office when he was done with his homework for tonight and went, hello, hello. And I went, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> he just started laughing. That's a good one. <laughs> And then he was like, Mom, you know that song. <laughs> and I said, Oh, yes. yeah, there's a. N- but I usually, I usually confuse him because he is not on the Tiki Talkies. And then I wander around the house doing things like, I'm a potato. And he's like, What? It's all right. I was washing dishes with my son the other day and I was like, Certified freak. 
seven days a week. And he's like, Dad! <laughs> he's like, you know that song? I'm like, yeah, I know that song. Yeah, I know that song. <laughs> that is definitely a song that I don't play out loud. I suspect when you're 16, child. you don't really want to know that you're like your parent, that, that your dad knows that song. That song. And worse, and like knows what it's about. Like, totally understands what it's about. Familiar with what's going on in that song. Yeah, we should do a show. That's uh, that song's got some stuff in it. Anyway, yes. That show does got some stuff in it, but we got to not talk about it on the pre. We talk about it on the post. <laughs> talk about it on the post. Big cats and snakes is all I'm saying. Yes. Are you ready? <laughs> yes. Bum, bum. Failed intro. We're not doing it again. 